Hey podcast and welcome back to another episode. Now we've got Andy Hibbard today on the line. Now Andy Hibbard is an ex-Royal Marine and now has his own photography business leading imagery. He's currently training for a crazy cycling challenge. He's going to be riding from Land's End to John O'Groats in one go. Now that means that he's going to be cycling 840 miles and I did say that right, 840 miles in one go. So it's completely continuous, absolutely no sleep and it's going to take him he's estimating around 50 hours so it's 50 hours of non-stop cycling so i think it's safe to say that when i did my 24-hour charity ride i rode 130 miles in 24 hours he's gonna be riding 840 in just a little over double the time so it's a proper proper challenge and the reason he's doing it is because he's going to be raising money for the royal marines charity and also dementia uk so all the links to all of that are going to be in the description but we're going to dive into some conversations around crazy challenges and whatnot. So Andy, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks Matt. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting us on. So yeah, so I'm, I'm Andy. Um, well, where do we start? Um, <laughs> uh, sort of many, many, many years ago, uh, joined, as you said, former Royal Marine. So uh, I, I joined the Marines back in 99. Um, prior to that, I was actually a farmer, believe it or not. So okay. Uh, so I did, I did life, livestock production, um, livestock production for mechanics at college um, around the time BSE hit. Um, uh, left to join the Marines um, and did, did uh, it, I was thinking about this this morning actually, it's actually 10 years, 6 months and 5 days that served, that served in, in, in the forces. That was, that was split, between the, uh, split between the Marines and then um, after... Or was it five five or so years? I specialised as a photographer, um, which meant cross deck into the Royal Navy. Um, so, okay. uh, still still going back and working with the Corps, um, but you you get to obviously take your your really smart blues and and all that sort of good uniform off and, and get given that silly rig. That's uh, all all the sailors are going to curse me for saying this. But, yeah, <laughs> get, get given that, that silly silly sailor rig. So, so yeah, um, ten, ten and a half years in the forces. Uh, left, left the military in in two thousand and nine. Um, set up uh, the, my current business, leading imagery, um, which were you know we're now eleven years down the line. Um, looking at all things photography and the sort of uh, social side of photography, weddings, portraits, you know, all we'll portraits. Um, and, and all that sort of good stuff. So yeah. So for someone completely outside of the military, when you say you specialised in photography, what what was that taking photos of them? Was it like purely like, well, yeah, I've, I've no idea. So that sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, as as a as a photographer in in the forces, um, so each each arm of the the armed forces had, had their own photography branch. Uh, the army. The, the Navy, which the Marines come under that umbrella, and then also the RAF. Um, the Navy and the Army are sideways entry, so you have to be at um, or be at a point where you can gain promotion to corporal level um, or leading rate na- uh, level if you're in the Navy, um, and RAF is, is just direct entry. But what effectively what, what you do is, if you think about it, any... Any action the military takes generally becomes an historical act. So you're recording history, um, okay. and it's it's easier um, it's easier for the for the lads on the ground knowing that they've got 
a trained soldier with them right over, over journalists you know and and there's, there's there's a number of different reasons why why the you know our forces want um want photography but there's obviously there's there's intelligence reasons um uh reconnaissance reason uh, reasons um uh pub, public relations and you know yeah. that's, that's 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 a big one. So, so yeah, it's, it's actually it's a really good course, really good course. I I, I push it and say it's it, if not the, the the course that the um that the the military run on photography is the career course is at the Defence School of Photography at RF Crossford, um, eight months long. It's all you do for eight months, five days a week. Um, it's living, sleep, breathe, and um, learning learning the trade. Um, and I'd say it's probably the best course worldwide. Right. Um, uh, it's bold claim to make, but I do genuinely believe that, you know, I'd be going into it. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, um, awesome. So, uh, was it your time in the Marines and obviously in the military in general where you really got into fitness or were you already mad on it before you got into the Marines? No, well, it's that's, that's the thing. I'm not really that mad into fitness, you know, it's... It's as daft as it sounds. Cycling, I, I used to cycle as a kid. So growing up in Sheffield, um, uh, you know, and, and life was so much different back then. Whereas, um, you know, you, I look at, I've got two daughters now. So I've got two daughters, one at six, one at eight. And and being a kid growing up in Sheffield in sort of the, the early 80s, um, I look at that now and think that, if I looked at my eight-year-old and she said to me, I'm going out, I'm like, well, my mind just can't comprehend that because in my head, it's, you know, it's not safe for, for an eight-year-old to be going out. But at not much not much older than that, I'd be jumping on my old um, Challenger road bike and, and pedaling out and, and perhaps doing pushing out 10 miles and um, going up to a place called Fox House and... Um, and it's, it's just strange to see it. So, so cycling, I always have. I always have, you know, it's always been there. But, but fitness-wise, you know, I, I, I class myself as a, a sort of fat, middle-aged man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, I just like the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about, how do you go from, from that then? So just kind of liking cycling to being like, right, I'm going to ride for 50 hours and do 840 <laughs> miles. Yeah. You have to be fit to do that, don't you? It's a bit of a... Uh... Yeah, so so I do, I do, I like I say, I like a challenge. Um, when, I, when I left the military, um, you know, I did, I did basically nothing um, other than set the business up. Um, and enjoyed life, so to speak, you know, down the pub, sort of got into that same routine. Um, Friday was was more about getting down to the pub with a, with a, with the friends and and seeing how many pints I could get down. And that, even even that, you know, that was sort of like a challenge in itself. Um, how many pints can you drink? Um, Twenty. You know, it's not enough. We need to go to Um So, and then. Um, it must have been must have been about five six years ago. I sort of found my my love for cycling again. Um, coming initially with going back with mountain bikes, actually, hardtail, um, uh, 
And then it was always a case of uh, challenging myself with Strava. So, um, you know, segments, seeing if I can be not anyone else, but my own time on, on certain segments. And then from there, um, I sort of built uh, a road bike, um, built a road bike up. Um, and of course, everyone knows the N plus one theory. So um, it never it never just stays there, does it? Um, and uh, and yeah, um, with the the mountain biking, we we sort of gave the me and some friends gave the um, Trans Pennine Trail away. Trans Pennine Trail uh, from Leeds down to Chesterfield because I live in Chesterfield now. Um, what's that? 70, 72 miles, is it? Uh, down down the Trans Pennine Trail. Um, we've done that, done that a couple of times. It looked, I'll give it a go. Um, yeah, I'll have a look at that. Sounds good. Um, you know, and then finish up in Chesterfield. Give me a shout, and, uh, yeah. and you know, well, that's this own the world that we live in, and uh, <laughs> you know, and I'll and I'll host you down in Chesterfield. But um, good idea. The uh, yeah, it's, it's a good ride. It is a good ride. Um, top tip: don't do it when it's when it's this time of year because it's like cycling through treacle. Um, right. Okay. So it feels like riding 140 miles. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so we've, we've done that. We've done that a couple of times. And then my sort of quest for for miles, you know, came from getting a road bike and just pushing it out from 50 out to 100 miles. Um, a couple of years ago, me and a me and a friend did um, the um, uh, first stage of the Tour de France for prostate cancer. Right. We we managed to raise raise around about six six thousand six hundred pounds for, for that, but that that was an organised an organised ride by a prostate cancer, yeah. um, and then from there it, it just sort of pushed on. And the quest for miles coming. I've always fancied doing Lands End to John O'Groves. Always fancied doing it. My dad did it. Um, my dad was a race walker. Um, it, it was actually a proper, but um, he um, he raced he race walks and he he once did Lands End to John O'Groves. Yeah. Or I think he did John O'Croke's land centre, actually. He did it uh, north or south. Easy way yeah. downhill. Um, <laughs> how, many t- how, many times that? how many times have I heard that over the, over the last few years? Um, so, um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I'm, at, I'm at an age now, at 43, where I'm thinking, do you know, if I don't do it now, I'm probably never going to do it. Um and I'm of that particular mindset that, you know, if I'm going to do it, then, you know, let's do it. I can get all these people to do it over nine days, ten days. So that's nine, ten days in the saddle. Just get it over and done with 50 hours done. That's too normal. You're just sort of prolonging the pain aren't you if you're doing it over nine days <laughs> so yeah that's that's how that's how the that's how land center john john O'Groves came land center john O'Groves continuous cycle 21 is it it's, it's yeah. our official name okay um, so yeah it's you know that in it's in itself is a challenge because we're building it from the ground up so from from everything from um uh, logistics fundraising absolutely everything we've done we've done from the ground up um and the, the this is sort of testament to it's not just me um i've got a i've got some some very good friends um who have kindly 
jumped on the bandwagon with us um, through helping me with fundraising. Um, even if it's you know coming and sitting on the saddle and doing a few hours out, out on the on the road with us, um, people who were offering the time up to actually come with us on the ride, uh, sponsors. So um, you know we've got we've got local companies that have openly offered up um, and and sponsored us as well. So you know it's 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 all sort of it's a bit humbling really. Yeah, yeah. These these people are, are so willing to give up uh, time and money for so I can sort of get on a bike and turn my legs for, for fifty hours. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> so have you done anything of that kind of like length of time before then? So obviously you've done the stage of the Tour de France. Um, yeah. Have you done any like twenty four hour rides or thirty six hour rides or anything? Or are you just going straight in the deep end with the fifty one? So the furthest, the furthest distance I've rode, I've done, a, I've done, um, well, I'll say two hundred. It's slightly over two hundred. I've done yeah. two, two. I've done, I've done a few two hundred miles, a few double centuries, yeah. um, which is, um, it's usually around about eleven hours, eleven, eleven and a half hours. Um, the last two hundred I did, I finished. I was in. And um, June this year, I finished. I felt good. Yeah, right. I, you know, I did. I did feel ball bagged. Um, they weren't sort of hanging out. It, it was comfortable. At, I think we were, we were averaging seventeen, seventeen point seven miles an hour. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know we, we go where we go where we go. So I've got I've got a I've got a coach up in Aberdeen who who chucked all my training onto training peaks. Um, yeah, and I just download it. Chuck it on, as we, we we had a quick chat before about you know Swift. Um, chuck it onto Swift and 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 sort of follow what it says on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> so, how are you sort of feeling about the length of time that you're going to be awake for? Because 50 hours is a long time to. I know when I did my 24 hour ride, obviously the hardest bit was in the middle of the night when it was pitch black. Yeah. Now, you've probably, I imagine, with your background in the military, got a lot more experience of being up at all hours and being yes. sleep deprived and whatnot. So, are you planning on relying kind of at your experience in the military to get you? through being awake for so long how are you how are you approaching that i was kind of expecting you to say because when i did my 24 hour ride it was really tough in regards to being awake for so long and exercising for so long but i know when i crossed the line at that 24 hour mark i was kind of surprised because i definitely wasn't at my limit if that makes sense like i could have carried on riding so i kind of expected you to say well we did a 24 hour then we did a 36 so Obviously, you're not. You're going from kind of 11 or 12 hour rides to doing 50 hours, which is a huge jump. Yeah, so where's your so, mindset around that? So, in, in, in the training plan, I have I have got um I've got a, another 12 hour ride, um, sort of back end of January. Um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be lovely, in it 12 hours through through the winter and the snow. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that one. Um, and then sort of. Back end of March, April time, we're going to push a twenty-four hour as well. Right. Okay. We are, we are building up to it. Yeah. Uh, with 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 regards sleep deprivation, yeah, you know, it's it's it it's there. It's you know, it's it's one of those things. 
you are you are correct in, in saying that that you know time time served in the military will will aid because you know there's there's nothing like getting kicked out of a nice warm sleeping bag at three o'clock in the morning um, to chuck your wet toes on and go and go and lay in the freezing cold for two hours and try and stay awake. Um, uh, Iraq in two thousand and three, um, my revelation uh, recollection of the first um, the first few days of Iraq is that we. So I can't remember sleeping for three days. Um, you know, it was it was so. It, it, and I think the thing is with a human body, it 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 just does it. You know, it, okay. it does it. What what you can put your body through, um, you know, you, your mind will give up before your body will. Um, yeah. So I think when it comes to the actual ride itself. Um, there'll be there will be points where um, obviously where I have to stop for for breaks and seldom come for breaks rather than say stop it talking a language that no one else knows like stopping for a swamp <laughs> um, uh, and also and also taking on fuel. Um, I think that's going to be the the bigger battle is yeah, yeah. the nutrition side of it. Um, so. I, I fully expect when I actually stop for a comfort break or stop to take on fuel that, you know, I, I micro-sleep, literally shut your eyes 10 seconds and boom, you know, feel, wake up feeling like you've had you've had 20 hours. And, and it's those micro-sleeps that when you are absolutely pulled back and out, and out of, you know, absolutely shattered, and I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for having them micro-sleeps. Okay. Um, which, which is literally just shutting your eyes. I sometimes do it at work. You know, at my desk. I'm sitting in front of the computer all day, and I'm like, "Oh, wake up! All oh, right." <laughs> <laughs> I think I could probably. Uh... Have you never have you never experienced micro? I've never ever. No, I, it's something that I think I could definitely do. But I think my micro sleeps with the lack of any kind of like need. A lot of my work is I can work kind of when I want. So I know that a one minute micro sleep for me would turn into a three hour nap. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a full on combat kit, that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think I could have used it on my twenty four hour ride. Now, first thing I'd ever done like that, and I made the mistake of just dosing up on caffeine. So. I normally have in a general day a couple of coffees a day like before two o'clock and then that's me and I, well, I don't know how many I had about 10 coffees 12 coffees something like that through <laughs> and then I remember finishing the ride and I was laying in bed I've been so looking forward to getting in bed all warm and like comfy it had been raining literally it rained for the whole 24 hours it was the worst worst weather it could have possibly been and like 30 mile an hour winds and constant rain and I was laying in bed just staring at the roof and I could hear my heart going Bum, 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 bum. It's like, oh my god, I'm gonna have a heart attack here. I think I was about 140 beats a minute just laying in bed. <laughs> so, so just, my only tip to you would be not to take too much caffeine. <laughs> not too much caffeine, yeah. And gels is, I mean, this it, that sort of brings us on nicely to the to the nutrition. How, how did you? How did you? What did you do for nutrition to? you know, fuel your body for that 24 hours. We, we overbought on food. <laughs> I think we went to Tesco and literally spent, 
<laughs> we went wild and spent about 100 quid on everything so we sort of like had a good variety of food because obviously there's only so much something if you have too much of the same food for so long obviously it can you get sick of eating it don't you so we had i think about every two or three hours we had something sort of decent like a sandwich or something like that i remember at 8 p.m we had a big pizza night that was good so we stopped in the tent for 10 minutes and had loads of pizza so that was great um so we kind of made the effort every three hours i think from memory of having something proper like a sandwich or some proper food something like that and then the reservoir was three miles around which i think we're doing about 10 mile an hour so it took about um 20 to 30 minutes to do a lap so all that i did is every single time i completed a lap i had something to eat so it might be a bite of saurine or some sweets or some saurine and some sweets and then the next time i might have half a cereal bar and then the next time I'd have something different, a hot cross bun. Uh, and I just did it like that. I just stocked up. I didn't really think about healthy food. I didn't have any gels, I don't think, because gels just go straight through me. If I have one gel, it just completely disagrees. But I'm fine. I can eat sweets all day and be fine. Not that I do. It's, it's <laughs> funny you should mention that about gels, because I've since since I actually started training for, for the jog, um, it's something that I've cut out completely, is right. gels and the, and the sugar spikes. I've just been, when I have been going out, um, you know, like I, I did a skeggy ride um, from, from Chesterfield to Skeggy, which is between 1900 miles. Um, I did it with a good friend of mine, um, and we, you know, we, we managed to pull that one in, in in about four and a half hours. So it was, right. it was a decent ride. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, no gels whatsoever. Sweets, yeah. Um, a flatjack at 60 miles. Yeah. And then, and then it, you know, it would just every so often just a, just like the Haribo. But yeah, yeah. I, put gel, I put gels out of it, out of the equation altogether, and I feel so much better for it. Yeah, I just don't, uh, I don't gel with gels. <laughs> <laughs> what a geek. <laughs> is, is it, uh, is it, I you're laughing at your own joke there. <laughs> um, there is certain gels, and I, I, I can relate to that. There's certain gels that just go straight through me, certain brands. Some work, some don't. Um, but yeah, yeah I've, I've sort of cut them out altogether and, and, and stick me solid food. I get um so I did it with my best mate the ride and he can he'll go on a five hour ride and not eat anything and at the end of the ride he'll have as much energy as at the beginning he's just a bit of a freak <laughs> he's one of those who needs four hours sleep a night and he just bounces up in the morning and he's good to go whereas I get really hungry I'm not good to be around when I'm hungry so I made a real effort to eat every half an hour so literally every half an hour I had something to eat I think we worked out that we probably burn about ten thousand calories in the day so we got about twenty thousand calories worth of food in just so we had loads more and I just kept eating but the one thing I didn't get the whole time was any sort of nutrition related energy dips you could kind of tell like my sugar levels were constantly like decent um, and I didn't feel hungry at any point because I was eating so regularly so that really helped because it just took out the sort of nutrition equation I never felt like I hit a wall from a nutrition point of view for me it was yeah. just the sleep that did me but I'm not very good at staying awake either I'm asleep at 10 o'clock every night and like i need my sleep so that was the biggest challenge the only other mistake i think i made that i would do differently next time was we did i was on a friday um and stupidly i just worked normally monday to friday so i normally don't get much that 
I'll catch up on sleep on a weekend, but I don't get enough sleep through the week. So I'll be up in the morning and starting work at half seven, eight o'clock, something like that. Um, I did a couple of long client days where I was finishing at eight o'clock at night. In fact, the day we started on the Friday morning, I think about 9 a.m. And the night before on the Thursday, I trained clients until half eight at night, which was just a terrible idea. So I woke up on the Friday morning and I was tired starting the ride. <laughs> so that's, what that's I would do next time would be like, I'd take two or three days off before. So if I did it on a Friday, I think I'd finish work completely on the Tuesday and I would just spend Wednesday, Thursday watching Netflix and sleeping and eating and just chilling out. I think that would have made a big difference because I started already a bit tired and I should have started sort of really ready to go, if that makes sense. Makes, makes total sense. And I've, that's, not, that's something that I've not actually really given that much thought to. I've, I've put so much thought into to everything else that, um, you know, I haven't actually really thought about that because the week I am I'm planning on doing the ride I've blocked off two weeks in the diary um, yeah so, you know so it's, it's basically going to be a case of looking at the winds looking at the weather yeah. from the prevailing winds um, and saying right that's going to be our start date um, but I've, I've booked in the last week in June and the first week of July to get this ride done um and the, the the Saturday before that, I'm I'm actually over in Germany photographing a wedding as well. Right. <laughs> so, so I think I think that's that's something I probably I'm probably gonna have to look at as well. Um, check, yeah, check out the work diary. Well, yeah, I think because we're probably like similar in that regard. In that you because you're mentally strong-minded as i like to think i am as well you kind of like just think ah, i'll be fine i'll just push through and of course you will push yeah. through but if you're like working at that weekend saturday sunday even if you didn't start it to like the wednesday or thursday like i think that make a big difference i think those were the two biggest things that i learned from mine don't take so much caffeine because it felt horrific at the end of it and it took me about three days just to get the caffeine out of my system or it felt like that um and the other thing was that um the starting off tired i remember it was the start line at like 9 a.m and i was yawning about to start i was like this isn't a good sign <laughs> so i should be feeling full of energy and i feel tired um so that would be the only two things i think i would change like from mine yeah that would be about it really and then i'm sure you probably do the same thing i imagine when you do your rides but one thing that got me through was just those sort of mini goals so through the day it was like right let's get to lunchtime and then it got to lunchtime and it was like right so i can't remember what it was but something was happening at say 3 p.m i was like right let's get to 3 p.m and then it was pizza time at 8 p.m when my girlfriend pizza was coming time. so then it was like focusing on pizza and seeing the missus and then i think from 8 p.m onwards i was like right let's get to sunset and then Let's get to halfway. You know, just all those like mini yeah. kind of goals on the way that did. And then all through the night, it was just do another lap, do another lap. Because when we, half of it was fine. And then half of it, you turned a corner and it was literally 30 mile an hour headwind. You were pedaling as hard as you could. It was side, sideways rain. It was, it couldn't have been worse conditions. So then for me, it was just right, let's just do another lap. And then you go in like the tent for a minute have a bit of food to eat, do it again, right, let's just do another lap. So, yeah, that was something. But, yeah, they were the only two mistakes I think we made, the sort of the, the, the caffeine and the lack of sleep before it. But apart from that, it was, I think we did everything all right. Did you tend to find that people were, were asking the, any anyone whenever you're doing anything like this, the only question they tend to ask is, is how's the Biffins Bridge? How, can, you know, what's, what's, how, how do you cope in the saddle for so long? 
Oh yeah, everyone asks that, but they're just not cyclists who ask that question, are they? No, no. It's like people people never asked. Um, I had I did a um, a Zoom meeting with a, a local school um, for about the Jog CC um, earlier this week on Monday, and um, you know they were asking me real good questions, good questions like nutrition, okay, um, stuff like that. And you walk, you you can walk down the street, and there'll be a grown adult who's you know, who's, who's supposed to be um, intellectual, and they ask you, "How's your asking it?" <laughs> 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 that's, that's not the least of your worries. That reminds me actually about another kind of like lesson I learned, if you like, from mine. I rode across country, so I've only got like an enduro bike, which is tons of suspension, not what you want to be riding for 24 hours. So I borrowed a cross country bike, so it was a eight grand, super light, fully spec out carbon fiber cross country bike, which was awesome. But I didn't gel with the um, the grips were too hard for me, so I ended up going well. What I've not sort of said before, I had to cancel my first attempt because I broke my wrist. So on the day where I should have been doing the 24 hour ride I was actually having an operation on my wrist instead um so we put it back so I think I got my cast off and then about a month later we did the ride but because that wrist was still weak I was leaning more on one side than the other so I completely <laughs> I forgot about this actually I got some nerve damage in that left hand because the grip was so hard it didn't have any cushioning so it was pressing on that hand the whole time and I think I completely lost feeling in the center of my hand for about a month afterwards so I was like maybe I should go to the doctor here I completely couldn't feel anything so that's another thing i would do if i did it again i'm sure you'll be doing it on your bike so you'll be fine but because i did it on someone else's bike it was a longer stem and uh, harder grips and it just absolutely wrecked my hands so i would do that if you're doing it on your own bike you'll be fine but that's what i would do next time i'd double grip take on the road bike for this one yeah, that'll make a big difference because my, my hands were absolutely wrecked. I thought I'd done some real damage at the end of it. Yeah, I was, I was with the road bike, mountain bike grips, you get the old little bubbles and everything, so your hands aren't slipping off, don't you? Yeah. The, the road bike grip tapes, you know, it's a little bit more tacky. But obviously, roadies, they want to they wanna save as much weight as they can rather than losing weight off the body first. Um, yeah. So they either games you know they've got my really expensive grip tape um but it's it's really really thin so it can be really yeah so, so a, a double a double layer of grip tape is uh, yeah, that's that's a good that's idea a tip i've picked up on uh, looking looking around and uh, um speaking speaking to people so yeah double, double grip tape it's um Kit, the, the kit is 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 just um, yeah. Where do where do you go? Where do you, where do you stop? Where, where, when's it end with cycling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just go and go and go, can't you? Yeah. So I presume, so with, are you having like? Uh, oh, go on, carry on. So, so with the actual ride itself, again, we're looking at um, and this was sort of something that an idea that popped into my head watching the Tour de France as well. Um, the time trials where some of the time and also in the Vuelta and um, some of the time trials this year finished on big hills yeah finished on, on climbs so they've, they've jumped off the time trial bike got on the road bike and, and climbed on, on the road bike so that's, that's something else I'm, I'm planning on doing is I'm actually going to go time trial bike road bike um, oh, okay. and yeah. I'm also I'm also hoping that the different bikes and the different positions 
I've been mm-hmm. a, be a little bit more comfortable on the body, you know, so yeah. I'm not in, in that one position for, for um, um, you know, say 24 hours on, on in a road bike position. So we can, we can try and mix it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just moving, just that little bit of pressure in a different position on your hands and yeah. everything, your hips and everything. So you're quite, on a mountain bike at least, you sat quite upright, aren't you? But on a road bike, you're super hunched down. But the thing is, if you can hold that position for 12, 13 hours at a time and obviously you do your 24-hour one, you'll have a good idea. You, you'll be used to it from there anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how are you, um, are you having somebody that's driving next to you the whole time? Are you going to be completely on your own? How, how's that going to work? So logistics side of it, I've got. Um, I don't know if you've ever ever come across them. The Sportive HQ. No. Um, they they arrange they arrange a lot of Sportives um, sort of around Yorkshire, Lincolnshire way. Um, uh, kindly offered. It's Matt's kindly offered his services to come and help. And you know that's that's what they do. Awesome. They do logistics for um, Sportives and and also um, corporate. So. Big companies will, will pay them, and they'll you know they'll go and arrange a ride for them. Got it. Um, I do. I, I've done quite a fair few of of Sportive HQs, Sportive. So I've got to know Matt. Matt's kindly offered his services up for it. Um, so he he's they they're gonna he's gonna be there. Um, yeah. You know, sort of with, with that sort of thing, and also um, looking after us that way. But um, we've got should be two fans. So there should be two crew cab vans. Um, you know, it's not going to be a case of having a vehicle riding alongside me all the time. Yeah, um, and took it behind it. Yeah, draft all the way. And <laughs> have, you seen that, have you seen that? That bloke's just done. Um, that bloke's just done a, a three-hour uh, hundred miles. Have you not seen that one? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, Is this the so, one? Oh, go on. You're explaining it. I may have seen something. So some 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 bloke has, has just ridden a hundred miles in under three hours. Um, it was it, undrafted, it, wasn't it? Say again. He didn't no, draft, it, did he? But the no, were cars yeah, going drafted. past, weren't they? No, no, it was drafting a vehicle all the way. Oh, I've not seen this one then. Yeah, he, he, he attempted it. He attempted it. I'm I'm pretty sure he, he if it's if it's if it's the same one that we're talking about. He yeah. Um, it, he, he attempted it. Came up just over three hours, so twelve days later or so, he attempted it again, and he had his tailwind. Okay. And, and right, well, that's 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 some going that. Yeah, and it just yeah, flipping it, flying that, isn't it? Thirty-three and a half miles the whole way, miles an hour yeah. the whole way. Yeah, absolutely flying. It must be a different one than we've seen. There was one, uh, I think it was a video GCN are doing where they've done some kind of challenge. Um, it was a different one anyway. So yeah, yeah that is some going though. That. Absolutely it's, it's, it's all over Strava. I mean, it's, it's kicked up a, a bit of a stink with people saying, oh, it's drafting and, you know, it's, it's not official. It's, but even then, it's like, do you know what? Just give the bloke some credit. I it's, know, it's, of course. Does it really it's, matter? He's just pedaled a bike on the road, a tire trial bike. At, at, at what? An average, uh, what is it, 33 miles an hour? Quite three, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just give him some credit. You know, <laughs> not trying to shoot him down just because you. It's easy to, uh, it's easy to spew the hate when you sat on the sofa, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. It is. I have gone off. On, I've taken my mind away on a, from where I was. Gonna, so what I was going to sort of talk about then, and then that's, right. 
that's that's all. So so vans, yeah, vans. So yeah, with with the vans, that's that sort of it's, this is a big thing in my mind um, because the the people in the vans, I I need to make sure that um, they're all squared away and they they all know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Because you know, I won't I won't be able to complete this ride without them. Um, there's there's no two ways about it. Um, they're the ones that are going to be looking after me whilst I'm actually on the ride. So um, it's such as I know I know on your on your previous podcast you've had uh, Craig Craig Williams on there. So Craig's, Craig's jumping in the van. Uh, Team Bootcamp, his business is also one of our one of our sponsors, um, uh, which is you know kudos uh, to them. Um, uh, so. Um, when I found I found I found Craig up about um, you know just just to pick his brain really. Um, obviously, I used to work with him, a good friend, um, and um, it, he, said, he said, "Oh, you know, if there's anything, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, just don't don't hesitate." Um, so now he's he's actually going to be signing one of the fans because. I think for me, having that someone with that same mentality of the, yeah. the mindset from from the Marines is yeah. is key for me. Um, because we've we've worked with each other in in these sort of extreme environments before. Um, yeah, he know, he'll know what to say to me and when to say it. Um, yeah, so and the other side of it, when not to say anything either. When not to say anything. Yeah. Um, so so yeah you know the people in the vans are, are probably more key to the actual ride for me completing it than me actually turning my legs um uh, and it's it's even if they're just there ride driving the actual van because if we've got two crew cab vans and you can't expect somebody to drive a van for 50 hours with no rest can you yeah, yeah. so they, they need to look after Either and obviously keep an eye on the buddy buddy system there, but um, and I can't I can't stipulate that enough that you know they are probably the most important people on on the actual ride. Um, yeah, getting, getting me through it. You don't want to be looking for a co-op at mile twenty six because you really really need some sweets. <laughs> yeah, bad route bad route planning. There's there's no yeah. there's no petrol station here. I'm, 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 yeah. On the flip side of it, though, I am looking forward to the old. Um, like like being in the peloton. Um, I want anyone going back to the vehicle to get the to get the water bottle for me. But you know, passing the water bottle, passing the water bottle out of the van to me. You know, see how that goes. <laughs> You're gonna have people taking photos of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It'll, it'll raise awareness. Um, you know, that's 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 the hardest thing. Um, the physically. You know, can, anyone can get on a bike and turn the legs, and when it gets a bit hard, just have a quick word with yourself. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the, the raising the awareness has been the hardest thing of the challenge so far. Um, yeah. And getting getting people a just to like our Facebook and social media and Instagram page, um, and and follow what we're doing. Us, obviously, the more awareness that we get. And the more money we can get for both charities, for for both Royal Marines, both the Royal Marines charity and, and Dementia UK as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think that brings us quite nicely into uh, why are you doing this then? Besides the physical, personal challenge of it, obviously you wanted to do Land's End to John O'Groats or John O'Groats to Land's End. Um, you wanted to do that for yourself, but then obviously you're also doing it for the Royal Marines charity and for Dementia UK. So what are the reasons behind both of those charities then? Right, so so when when I actually decided to, to do the ride and and go you know what, bollocks to it, I'm just going to nip it off in one, one hit. Let's, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Um, I thought, well, surely this is this is going to be worth a few quid to, to raise for, for charities. Um, so then I looked down the avenues of, of what's charities. As, as I touched on earlier on, you know, we, we, we did the uh, Prostate Cancer Tour de France ride. Uh, Grand Depart two years ago raised £6,600. Um, so, Rather than going back to raising monies for the same charity, because there is so, so many worthwhile charities out there. Mm. Um, I, I, something that obviously is, is close to my heart is the Royal Marines charity. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, if, if, I can, if I can raise a few quid that's going to go back into sort of um, the, the Royal Marines family. The one, one thing that you get with, with the Royal Marines is when, when you join up, it's, it's very much spoke of you are joining a family, you know, and we, we all sort of look out, look out and look after each other. Um, there is there is that sort of mindset within within the core, um, uh, which is which is a good thing. So I just, you know, I've, I've never I've never been in the unfortunate position where I've had to reach out for that aid, um, that help, um, but. I just think if I, if I can give something back to that, to that family that I, I know would be there if ever I need it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can call on it. And, and it's little things like just in, in the, what is it now, 2009 I left. So, you know, in the 11 years since I've left the military, there's, there's not many weeks go by where I don't actually speak to someone who, from from the forces, you know, from, okay. from sort of, you know, this morning, just this morning, I've I've had two WhatsApp. Yeah, all right, they were both they were both funnies, um, but one from someone who, who you used to work with, and I also sent um, sent a WhatsApp to another lad who I used to work with as well. Um, so you know, there's there's always there's always that. If I free actually, cause I think I message I think I message Craig as well this morning. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, you know, there isn't many days go by where I don't have some form of communication, be it by social media, to that to that sort of um, family, so to speak. Um, so I want to give I want to give something back to to the wrong. So what you know. does the sorry to interrupt you, but what does the charity actually do? So that I know this isn't true, but the completely naive view that some people may have is that the they're in the military and then obviously they're going to get supported for the rest of their life. Now I, I know that's not true, um, but what what does the Romanese charity actually do? Why why is it necessary? <laughs> um, I mean, well, the, it's a, it's a good question. It's a good question, and you know, I'd I'd, I'd like to give the the party line that the you know that the charities there. Um, they support they support people in, in so many different ways. Um, I, I actually come across somebody the other day who mentioned that they were they were a bit down on hard times. Um, so what I would say is to to actually know 
the full the full scale of what what the charity does because it's not just one specific thing you know it, and it's, it's not just for um lads who have served it's also for their families so let's okay. let, you know for let's an, an example if if touch wood um that's me touching my head um uh, they can't see us, can they? Uh, the, um, so, um, you know, if, if touch wood, if something was to happen to me, then um, my wife and my kids could actually get in touch with the Royal Marines Charity. Right. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's they're there for for the, for the wider for, for the wider Royal Marines family. Um, Got you. Prime uh, example. I read something on social media the other day. A lad. Through Corona, through the coronavirus times that we're living in, sick and tired of hearing about that. But um, the um, good actually, we've made it forty-four minutes and we've not even mentioned it. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> we did good then. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, not bad, not bad as well. That, it? It's fine. It's not on purpose, but um, the um, yeah, it's 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 fallen on hard times because of because of you know the current economic climate. Um, it's got in touch. It was reaching out for help. It's, it's been in touch with um, Royal Marines Charity, and they've put him, or, or he got in, I think he actually got in touch with the Royal British Legion. They put him in touch with the Royal Marines Charity, um, and also another military charity who've all combined together, paid for a training course for him. He's gone out, done this training course. I think it's uh, electricians. Um, okay. Um, and now he's, he's certified. I think he was. He, he was either a commercial installer or a domestic installer, and that's what he did as a as a job. Um, and now they've paid for the course, and he's now sort of you know got his got his got his life back on track. Oh, so he's you know, you know these these sort of things, um, which are, and th- it might seem like something little, but um, you know it's it's. It's, it's there. They are they are doing they are doing good work. Yeah, absolutely, um, and I think for people who've like given so much to help us and allow us to just sit in comfort having this conversation, I think it's so important that they are supported afterwards. So that sounds like a really really good charity. I mean, that's 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 a, probably a, a, a discussion for a different time. But um, going going on about where the help should come from. But the, the other yeah. the other charity is um, Dementia UK. Um, yeah, and uh, a, a friend, a, a, a sort of a friend of a friend or friend of friends, um, has has been recently recently diagnosed um, with dementia, um, and uh, they, they sort of asked if I if I do the right for Dementia UK as well, um, and I've sort of looked. I have looked a lot more into into you know dementia and the impacts of it, and it's it's absolutely it's harrowing. You know, it's it's just a and and from speaking to speaking to my friends, they are you know they they going out and sort of caring for their friend, um, and and it's it just it's so fast the the you know the downturn of it is is is, is just horrendous. One interesting thing I did read with dementia is. Um, a lot of people always try and correct. So, if if someone is if someone's reliving a moment and they start calling somebody a different name, mm-hmm. and like, just just let them go with it, you know. And I, okay. I, I think that's because because they're obviously they're reliving a moment in their head. Yeah. Um, 
and rather than rather than trying to correct them just let them live that moment yeah they're happy where they are um, and that's 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 one of the that's one of the biggest things on the research that I've been doing in dementia that I've taken away from. But if I can give that, if I can pass that on to anyone else, you know, that little pearl of wisdom, then uh, well, you've just done it now. <laughs> A few thousand people are like that. <laughs> You're exactly right. And I think the thing with dementia as well is that it's the effect on the family as well. So my granddad died from Alzheimer's and it took X amount of years. But it was really sad to see him going from somebody who was strong and capable and a really clever man. He was mad into the outdoors. And I've told this story many times on the podcast, but he's part of the reason or the main reason that I'm so into cycling and mountain biking and being in the outdoors now. But to see him decline to to you know what it did decline to was really sad to see in the end he just didn't know what was going on and he seemed like when he got to the point where he had no idea what was going on around him and whatnot he seemed happy singing nursery rhymes and stuff but it was sad for all your family you kind of yes. like the ideal. Yeah. yeah exactly i think almost like the ideal if there is an ideal way but you think if i can live to 80 with a perfectly normal life and then die the day after that'd be ideal but it's to see the decline for so many years and how much mm -hmm. an effect that had on my mum and you know all that sort of thing so anything that can be done to help that i think is great and there are there's definitely things i don't I'd, i've not done a lot of research in the into the specifics but one of my clients dad um has dementia and he was literally declined to the point where he didn't recognize his own son he didn't recognize mike my client like he didn't know his name he couldn't remember who he was he was telling him to get out of the room and there was some new medicine that they were saying he's coming towards the end of his life like he's not going to last very long and there's some new medicine that they were going to try and he actually took these pills this was about three or four years ago and it completely turned him around like he has bad days now but he's back to knowing who mike is they go to the pub together like he takes him out to the pub and it's surprising like mike was literally saying oh i think he's probably got a few weeks left and he's still here now about three years later and you can have conversations with him and stuff now he's obviously not completely normal-minded i don't mean that in any kind of disrespectful yeah. way he's not um but he's, he's still here and it's made a real difference and i'm sure in some kind of way a lot of the research for that medicine has come from or been backed at very least by charities so they do make a real difference <clears throat> yeah yeah they, they do and you know he's they it's, I mean, it, it, it is going to be hard. It's even more so in, in the sort of economic, here we go back again to the to the C word, um, and the, the economic climate that it is now. Because, you know, as, as, a, as sort of a business owner, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the pinch. Um, you know, my, my, my business is, is probably taking like a 70% 70, 70 hit of turnover, if not more yeah. so this year. Um, I'm, I'm guessing probably with the fitness fitness world, you are you're you're the same. You know, you're you're not allowed to, to go and to go and sort of train classes in in a gym and gym the closing yeah. gym. And, um, but the, the charities, um, you know, the, there is a there is, with anything. There's always a cost to to get something off the ground. It's it's like this ride. Um, you know, there's, there's a cost for for me. And, and the team to get this ride off the ground and up and running, so we can we can generate money um, yeah. for, for the charities. I mean, we've set. We're, we're actually, to be fair, we're, we're doing all right. Um, we, we're going off on a tangent here, but we we set. We, I set a target of ten thousand um, pounds. Yeah. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be £5,000 for, for each charity. So I, I think me putting myself through a little bit of pain has got to be worth that. Got to be worth that. Um, uh, and so everyone needs to donate. If you're listening, get on the page, donate. get on the website, Virgin Giving, donate, donate. <laughs> the link um, will be in the description for that. So if you're listening <laughs> to this and you're wanting to donate, just go to the description. I think just to interrupt you really briefly, one of the things with donating as well, like I'll be donating later on, is that it feels good when you donate. So it's as, you know, as much as it's a selfless thing, it's a selfish thing as well, because when you donate, you feel good about yourself. So, you know, you can you spend know, five quid on a couple of coffees or on donating to a charity. I'm just I'm going to chuck a word out here now. And just remind me of it later on. So accountability. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that one. Remind me of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, the with with regards um, the 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 actual fundraising we've done. You know, people have been. It's it's humbling that people are willing to give up um, stuff, money, time. So people are doing what they can. We've we we raised. Um, I think what was it? Around about seven hundred quid from just doing two charity car boots from stuff that people donated to us. Oh wow, that's amazing! Um, and and on the flip side of it, you know, there's there's me and and a group of friends who are um, helping us with the fundraising. And we're going out and we're having a, we're having a mega good time, a mega good laugh at these car boots. You know, selling, yeah. selling, selling stuff that people have, have donated to us. Um, so it's stuff that they obviously don't want anymore. And then you could even go down the line of saying, you know, we're, we're sort of pushing the, the eco worries because we're recycling as well. Um, yeah. But on, I think we're, we're close to about £4,000 raised at the minute. Um, oh, wow. Um, uh, a lot of that has come from our sponsors. Um, so kit, the kit sponsors, um we're having we're having our own actual Lejog CC kit made up by um, uh, Shut Vela, uh, but the I'm going to have a few business names out here. I hope you don't mind because the, no, these, are the people, these are the people that have. have, have no, that's why they donate. Go for it. Um, yeah, they you know they they've unprompted come to us and said, "How can I help you?" Um, which again is is really humbling. Um, so a Lord's Roofing, which is a, a local a local business um, in Chesterfield, and um, picked it off, um, and they've kindly donated um, all the money to buy all the kit that I'm wearing that I'll be wearing. Um, so that in turn has allowed us to sell um, sponsorship places on the jersey. Yeah. Um, so you know, Team Boot Camp, um, Craig openly offered up. Um, although again, you know, he's he's in, he's in, uh, giving up his time as well as part of the team. Um, and then Team Bootcamp have donated uh, Paint and Bodyworks Services, which is a, a friend's car business, Bodyworks business in in Chesterfield. My own business, um, uh, Middlebrook Middlebrook Transport Limited, um, a company called Grinsty Rail. Have donated and, and sponsored as well. Uh, Buzzbox Fitness, which is a local gym, um, um, right? Saying they're, they're a non not for profit gym as well. Oh wow! Um, they they they've sponsored us. Uh, obviously, Sportive HQ. 
Um, and you know, even even little things like um, like the the pocket the pocket sponsors. Um, so local local bike shops, good friend of mine, Nick Cycles, is um, Nick Cycles is sponsored as um, Chief Marble. Um, Chief Marble is a they do granite and marble work surfaces. Uh, Tom Broad Training. Uh, my, my nephew, my nephew, blessing. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, a bit artwork. Is uh, a very talented tattoo artist. You know, he's in, he's only twenty odd years old. He's, 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 he's chucked in, chucked in some to have his, his logo on there. And, uh, and oh, company, nice. And the company called Interframes as well. Um, so you know we, we've got we've got the backing of, of all these of all these companies which are just off but it is so it is humbling so you know we are we are on our way yeah I want to come back to that word that I chipped out earlier on that um, accountability. accountability I took accountability and I uh, made a note of it <laughs> made a note of it oh, sorry I'm just getting a bit of cramp in my answering there jumping <laughs> up um, <laughs> So, so accountability, basically, to I, I'm giving myself accountability, which is it's a great word, and a great you know the, the the actual whole meaning behind it. So, anytime anyone donates or you know gives us a like on one of the Facebook pages, it makes it makes me smile because I know that. Um, like like now doing this podcast, this is this is giving me accountability to actually yeah. when I'm when I'm in that when I'm in that sort of place and you know I've, I've had enough in this cycle and I think to myself, do you know what I could quite easily get out? I sort of draw on this, so I'll I'll draw on the people that are donating, and that actually spurs me on. Um, whilst it's it's actually the money's going not just to a good cause or good causes. Um, it's actually helped me because I don't want to let anyone down. Yeah, hundred percent. If that, that sort of makes sense. Yeah, it does totally. Um, so it, you know, it, it does. It's not just a case of donating to the charity as well. It's it's actually spurring spurring me on. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the sooner we can hit that target, um, and hopefully push on from it you know it's 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 a target it's it's not it's not get to it and might we fit that target oh yeah it's, it's let's get there and then see where we can go from there let's let's smash it um, you'll probably find as well that you'll get a lot of donations when you're doing it i can't remember the exact figures but i know we hit a certain amount before i did it and then they con they were just flowing in them through the whole time because people are seeing you actually in the pain cave and suffering so i'm sure a lot of the time spent building your audience now on the facebook page and i'll put the link in there as well for that when people can actually watch you doing it at the time that'll be that'll be great and you'll get a lot of people donating then i imagine when you're actually doing it yeah, so I've been I've been speaking to um, do you know do you know Dean Stott is? No, I'm not Dean Stott. So Dean Dean was Dean was in the military, um, and uh, I've been speaking to Dean and getting some uh, help and, and information from his challenge. So he, he did in in 2018. He did the Pan Americas and set world record for the Pan Americas, which is 14,000 miles. Wow. Uh, 
there was the and this is a this is a total non-cyclist who broke this world record as well. Um, uh, broke, it was the first person to ever ride the Pan Americas in under a hundred days. Wow! Um, and he, he growing that then. Yeah, um, forty miles a day every day. <laughs> every day, every day. Um, the world he smashed a world record by eighteen days. Wow. Record. And I think it's I think it's been broken twice since 2018. It stood for it stood for um, I think it was something for like 30 odd years um, off the top of my head. And and then Dean went and broke it in 2018. And then it's been broken twice since then. Wow. Um, uh, but yeah, I've been I've been speaking. I've had a few chats with. A few chats with Dean over it, and he, and he he sort of pretty much said the same thing. You know, it's 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 when you're actually doing the ride that um, you know people really start looking more into it. But when I get to that point, you know, it's I, I, I want to. I'd like to start the ride knowing that I've hit the targets, if you know what I mean. And then yeah, and then, of course, you know, because I can then sort of wrap that up. Put it to the back of my mind, completely forget about it, and not have yeah. to think about whilst I'm pushing on on the bike. Have to think about that. Am I going to hit that target? Am I? I mean, let's face it. No one likes to fail, do they? No one likes to fail, and I, and I think I, even if I go out and do the ride and complete it, um, I still think I would have failed if I don't hit that ten thousand pound target because I've set that target. And nobody wants you to feel that. So I think that is a nice way to end the podcast. So <laughs> guilt tripping. We don't want Andy to feel like a failure. So make sure you donate. <laughs> I'll do the same after this as well. I'll, uh, I'll put my donation on there. <laughs> well, thank you, Andy, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I'm sure everybody's listening to your, uh, to your chat. And I think what is nice to hear from as well, obviously I didn't know anything about you until just before this podcast when Craig introduced uh, introduced us and I think it's you kind of expect you listen to Craig's if Craig was to do this for example you listen to everything that he's done in the past running through the Amazon and this and that and the other and it's easy to think of that kind of person who does that as a bit of a superhero I think more of us can relate to doing you know a 200 mile road bike ride to go that seems almost achievable if you like now that's the most that you've done so you're going from that to this crazy 50 hour 840 mile ride and i think well it's, it's only times it, four isn't it it's, that's it's a, it easy it's a mile ride times four it's all it is plus plus like a, plus a sunday ride plus, a little, yeah. <laughs> plus that little extra yeah, i think seeing <laughs> kind of it's <laughs> it's easy to make the assumption that anybody doing that kind of ride is a massive fitness freak and that's all they do for a living whereas you've said yourself you've got two daughters you've got your business to run you're not massively into fitness you just like challenging yourself and i think that's inspiring for people to hear that you're not a full-time athlete you're you're a a dad you're a business owner you're busy and you're finding the time to do this and the motivation to do this and the belief in yourself that you can do it as well and i think that's an inspiring message for the people listening to this to take away from that so hopefully it inspires a few people to do their own charity events as well and um, 
that would be great. The, the more the thing is with this, yes, you raise money for the charity, but you also have that knock on effect as well of inspiring other people to do it. And that's what it's all about. So for those listening, follow the link in the description um, of whatever podcast app you're on. If for any reason you can't find it, you will be able to just drop me an email to mtb.fitness and I can send it to you as well, but it'll be there in the description. Uh, and Andy, thanks again. No, thanks for your time, Matt. Thank you.